back to A Little Faith. This is a podcast sponsored by the Williamsburg Christadelphian Foundation. A Little Faith podcast explores both the challenges and hope of living a life of faith. I'm Helen and I'm here with a very good friend of mine, Ruthann Rabado. Hi Ruthann, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you, Helen? I'm good, thanks. It's, I feel like I have an, a good day and then a bad day and a good day and a bad day at the moment. Like it's, it's very, oh, absolutely. Up, it's very up and down. It's been such a roller coaster, I think, for all of us. And you're on week three now of of being at home. We are on. Yeah, this is this will finish up uh, day fifteen tomorrow of officially of school days that we've been home. Yeah, with the kids, all four of us and our puppy in our eleven hundred square foot house, and my husband is home too. <laughs> so. yeah, that's a lot. It is. It's a lot. It's a lot of chaos. So, Ruthann, tell us a bit more about yourself, um, because you you used to homeschool your some of your children, didn't you? I did. Yeah. So I am. I'm a mom of four. I have three biological children, and I have one child that we're currently in the process of adopting. So their ages they're eleven, nine, seven, and my. Uh, youngest daughter that we're in the process of adopting is just one and a half. So we've had her since she was two months old. Um, yeah, so I used to homeschool them, all of them, actually, for many years since my oldest was in kindergarten. We homeschooled. Uh, and then last year, we made the decision to put the older two in public school. And it was fabulous. It, this transition was seamless. They loved it, they were thriving. Um, It was working really, really well for us. And I kept my seven-year-old home. So she was home with my youngest daughter. And uh, I was still homeschooling her. So, yeah, that's a little bit about me and my background. And now, obviously, I'm back to homeschooling all of them again. Who would have thought? How's it different now? Um, You're kind of going back to homeschooling now. Like, you've obviously got a different curriculum be kind of being di- dictated to you by the school and all the all this online learning I'm overwhelmed by all the <laughs> online stuff that I'm having to do with my son at the moment <laughs> it's it's difficult in that there's so many different platforms so my daughter's on google classroom my son's on seesaw um, they have different formats different uh, expectations from their teachers so that's been a little bit hard to navigate I think trying to figure out what is expected to be done every day. Um, and then just, we have one computer and then my son has an iPad, but that's, it's been difficult to do a school on his iPad. So then it's the sharing of the computer. And um, so yeah, it's definitely different than it was homeschooling. I think, and granted when I homeschooled too, I think what people don't always realize is what everybody's doing right now is very different than homeschooling. So when I homeschooled, we went on field trips, we went to the library, we were part of co-ops, we met with other homeschoolers at the park all the time. I mean, our days were very broken up and this is a very different type of homeschooling. So I would imagine that even a tried and true homeschool mom who's been doing this, you know, for 17 years, it would be overwhelming to her as well because no, she can't go out anymore. She can't be part of her co-op. She can't go to the library. Um, so I think it's it's a challenge for everybody. Yeah, and I, I feel like so many mums are just feeling so overwhelmed by 
the pressure of having to educate their children and keep them amused. Um, I came up with a bunch of E's, didn't I, when I emailed you? We need to educate them and we need to entertain them and we need to exercise them, encourage them, and then emotionally regulate them. So I think we can talk about some of these things, but like, um, and then many educators have been saying, well, you're not trying, you shouldn't try and replicate what they're doing at school because you can never, you can't do that either. Like, my, my son Henry just looks at me like, who are you? Like, <laughs> why are you telling me to do this? Like, you're not my teacher. Yes. It's always different coming from a parent. It's, yeah. He doesn't respect me in the same way at all as his teacher. Like, I'm. I'm the mum at home who lets him come home and just relax and be creative and, like, direct himself. And now we're spending our mornings around, like, come on, we've got to do these things. And he's, like, he just screws his face up and gives me this look. And, and I'm, like, oh, how do I convince you to do this? Because, my, my you know, in, in many ways, my heart's not in it either. Like, I, you know, if even if this goes on for the next 12 weeks, I know that it's not going to hurt him or damage him. Um, it's going to be challenging, but you know, if he misses out on all this learning, he's he's going to be fine. I mean, and he's six, yeah. So I think that that I think that you're so right. I think that that's a beautiful and healthy perspective to have. One thing that I've always thought when I homeschooled, and I didn't always do the best job with this, but I, I it's forefront of my mind often, is that relationship is so much more important than education. And the education piece will come, but when you damage that relationship because you're trying to push a spelling test that's due or, you know, I just feel like it's not worth it. You know, sometimes you, you come up against these walls with your kids and it's a moment where you're, the relationship is suffering. And I think that that's a moment to just you know what, the spelling test can wait. We're going to work on this relationship and I'm going to choose the connection over the control. And I think that that's just something really important to keep in mind with these things. And having that big overarching picture, like you say, if he doesn't hand this in today, it's not like he's not going to graduate college. You know, it's at the end of the day, what these kids are going through, they're character building lessons right now. You know, and I think that that's what we need to zoom in on and focus on is um, not even the academic piece, but the building of their character and their resilience. And that will go so much further in life than a spelling test. Um, and I think that the teachers, my experience has been that the teachers are very receptive to that. They're very understanding that a lot of parents are now working at home, trying to juggle their children. And so their expectations are a lot lower, you know, on parents. So if you don't, don't hand in everything, it's okay. Totally. And, I, and like many teachers are parents themselves. So they've, all, they've got children at home as well that they, they have to be doing some, some kind of schoolwork with. Definitely. Um, as well we've we've been having nice conversations around meal times and story time and you know obviously we're spending a lot of time together I found on Sunday we'd all found our own space I think not, we hadn't even like verbalized it but we'd all got into different rooms Aww, <laughs> you needed that and everyone time. everyone just needed a little bit of space um and it, it's a lot it's a lot isn't it like we're all on top of each other and even when you go out in the yard or go around the block for some exercise, like, that's all there is, and then you're just home again. It's very hard. That's why I think, for me, keeping this overarching perspective has been huge right now. You know, like, I used to think, like, my backyard, for example, 
our backyard is not very big. I mean, it's it's fine. It's a decent size, but it's it's definitely not big. It's along a street, so people kind of can walk by. Um, and I feel like it's open and exposed. But when I think about all the families in New York City right now who are shut up in an apartment, you know, that's really tiny, my backyard feels like a huge, you know, jungle. It's it's really big. Yeah. And I think I think all of these things, like I think keeping that perspective changes everything. So when I think about my kids and the hard day that I'm having with them when my daughter is taking a very long time to finish something and doing it a very different way than I would do it and I want to you know go over her shoulder and tell her like no don't write it that way um I have to step away you know and my one and a half year old is climbing on the table and screaming and throwing a tantrum on the ground and all these things of my dog we have a puppy and he's barking and my husband's on the phone on a conference call and he's like shh be quiet you know well I just have to think about my nurse my my son's good friend down the street who's a nurse whose husband's a police officer you know and her life and what it's like you know her going into to work and potentially bringing that virus home to her family and you know thinking about even kids right now or families like like if you because we're involved with the foster care system you know it's it's a crisis right now for some of these children who are stuck in abusive homes and it's very scary it's scary it's incredibly scary it is especially and when school is the safest place for them and they can't go to school they can't absolutely. be in that place of safety and consistency and adults that are positive role models for them who absolutely. are always you know who are regularly there for them yeah so keeping that perspective in the forefront of our minds I think it just gives you and what I always tell my kids but it's true just this attitude of gratitude and just to be thankful to see not to see I have a choice right now in this situation and I can see it as a burden or I can see it as a blessing and I think that that little shift in my mind is huge you know and what I choose and how I choose to see it and perspective does that um I think, and just practicing thinking every day of all the things that I'm grateful for, you know, in this difficult situation. And you've got a couple of children who are even older than mine. So yes, how much have you talked to them about what's going on outside? And, and then also talking about your faith. It's interesting because I, I really believe our kids right now are looking to us, right? Like, especially the older ones. How are we handling this? What's the tone? I think every home has a tone to it. Now, I think some some homes have maybe a tone of like anger. Some, some homes maybe have a bit of a tone of fear um, or worry, right? Like, I think that as adults, as the parents, it's our job to set a, a, a tone or a mood in our homes. And I think it's really important right now that we set this tone of faith, that we set this tone of hope, and and honestly, a, a tone of joy. We can choose joy in the midst of this, and it's hard, and I don't always feel like it because my heart is heavy. It's very heavy for so many people who are suffering right now. 
but my kids are looking to me to how, how am I handling this? And so I think my husband and I, I always think it's important to be honest with your children at an age appropriate level. But I, I can think of one conversation we were having around the dinner table and we were, t- we were talking about the war and how, what it was like back then and fathers going off to war and how difficult it was for families. And we just, it just started getting really, really heavy. And my daughter just, she began to just shut down. Like her, her tone and her body, my oldest, my 11 year old, I could just see was visibly it wasn't a conversation that was producing uh, anything fruitful and it was actually doing more harm. So since that moment, I've tried to change our tone and be very careful to make sure, yes, we're being honest and we're talking about, you know, what's going on, but we're talking about it with an overall tone of faith and hope and that God God is holding us. He's carrying this. He's in absolute control. He's sovereign. And it's our job right now as believers to be Jesus. Like it is our opportunity to be the hands and feet right now. And I think when we can get outside of ourselves and show our kids what it looks like to love like Jesus loved and involve them in that process, I think it's, it's just, it's a beautiful time to do that. And I think that that can strengthen their faith and that can, um, put their worries to rest, mm-hmm. if that makes if that makes sense. I think, like, well, there's so many opportunities right now for us as believers to jump in and help. I mean, whether that's checking in on the elderly in your meeting, I mean, cooking meals for them or your, your neighbors. I mean, I know you have yeah. an incredible neighborhood community coming together, uh, writing chalk you know, notes on your sidewalk, I mean, making masks. There's just, there's all these beautiful ways to involve your children in this in a positive way. And I think that that goes such a long way. Oh, I, yeah, I, I totally agree with it. The first weekend we, we stayed home, the community association, like, told us to print out flyers for di- our different streets. And I just did, went down our street, which is quite long with the kids, and they were fighting over, like, Aww. putting the flyers in people's mailboxes. And these flyers were kind of saying, what are your needs? Or what talents do you have wow. to give? And how can we help? And um, please share your contact information. It was like a census of people's needs and talents. And the kids were just really into it. And then um, last week, someone sent me an email and said, there's these two individuals in the community who need food. And they, um, please, could you leave a food parcel on their doorstep? Uh, please make sure it's well packaged so you know rodents or anything can't get into it and these people um have social you know social issues so it's not even appropriate to knock on their door or ring their bell but just label it leave it on their doorstep and we you know we hope that we they can you know be helped from having this food and um and so yeah we took these these packages out when we went on our daily blast of fresh air doing bikes and scooters around the block and um and the, and the children were like, well, are we going a different direction? And I was like, well, because we're, we're, we're delivering these, this mm. food to people who need it. And they were, they were really into it um, and they were very open about it. But the, I have felt, a couple of days ago, I felt really frustrated at the children. And uh, Henry actually just said to me, it was really funny, he said, mummy, you're going to prison. <laughs> I, said, 
I said, why? He said, because you, you've been shouting too much. Um, if you shout too much, you're going to go to a prison. <laughs> But he, you know, he was kind of right yes. in that his interpretation was that like I'm not enjoying how much you are frustrated at me and you're shouting and like I don't appreciate it. So that was you know, and um, and then when I really thought about it, I thought actually underneath all this, I was grieving. I was feeling grief. I was feeling sadness about the whole situation, about people I love, and about just everything going on. But I couldn't express that grief, so it was coming out by just being um frustrated at the children in um instead of perhaps maybe saying well mummy's feeling a bit sad today and it's okay to feel sad like and to actually talk about our our emotions and to share them appropriately as you say um and I think we need to identify our own what's actually going on in our heads and hearts as well so that we can emotionally regulate ourselves and try and keep it together for for the sake of our children as well as our own our own mental health and spiritual health definitely Um, and they're grieving too you know I think that and they don't know how to understand that or put words to it often you know their world has really changed I mean they're not seeing their friends anymore you know people that they're used to seeing I mean they are on FaceTime I mean there's ways Mm. to to connect um but it's just, it's not the same. So, yeah, that's good. Did you see that New York Times article on that? It's, uh, I didn't, I can't think of. On grief. On grief, yeah. And it was that feeling. Yes. That, right? That that yucky feeling we're all feeling is grief, basically. <laughs> and that and that's okay. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a pre- preempting. And I also, I also read another article about um, the kind of spiritual element of lamenting of grief and lamenting and like we know that there's like when we look in scripture there is a lot of lament and God grieves you know God grieves to his people because he loves them so much and and that's okay and we need to give ourselves permission for those feelings as well as much as we give our children permission for those feelings and of course we have this wonderful hope of the return of Jesus and the kingdom but we also have these human emotions and we're made in God's image. So we know Jesus wept. We know God feels passionately um, a sense of love and protectiveness over us. And he he does grieve and, and our sadness makes him sad. So we need to allow that. We really need to allow that in our hearts and in our communities. Definitely. That's healthy. And I think that, that that means we need to give ourselves a lot of grace. You know, I think this is new for all of us. It, even Like I said, even those veteran homeschool moms. And so we need to give ourselves a lot of grace and realize that in the way that I grieve is not going to be the way that you grieve, right? And the way that I'm homeschooling and the way I'm doing my school is not going to be the way you're doing it. And that's okay. I think that we need to give ourselves freedom as mothers and as women to do this in a Mm. way that works best for our family, right? Like if you're not the type that needs to have every moment scheduled with, you know, thousands of crafts and activities, like that's okay. Like give yourself permission to, to be you, you know, right now and give yourself that grace to, um, yeah, not have it look like the next person. Yeah, and I think this whole modern motherhood it, it can be incredibly competitive, and it can be incredibly 
judgmental and now this is the time of breaking those barriers down and just and just for us all to remember we are all in this together we really are and we need to be reaching out that hand of grace to each other and of kindness and understanding for sure support now's the time we need to be supporting each other yeah more than ever and as we do it our hair is you know not going to be colored anymore and we're not going to have the latest shoes and the latest outfits (laughs) all these things that used to you know like all these things is it's interesting how it's just such this reprioritization of what's really important you know all those things like i was just reading something and I thought it was so spot on, um, this blogger that I follow. And she was saying, you know, we used to idolize sports players and celebrities. And those were our heroes. And there's nothing against them. But now who are our heroes? I mean, our heroes, I mean, people are crying out and thanking. I mean, the janitors at the hospital and our garbage men mm. and our postal workers. And it's just been this reframing of, yeah, what is really important. And that supporting each other is it's it's huge instead of comparing. Yeah. We're in this together. I think we dress up and we make ourselves look good because we go out, but we're not going out. Yeah, the other day I didn't get out of my pajamas till like four PM. only because I think I had like a Zoom call, so I felt like I had to had to yeah I showered it on up. Monday Monday was awful for me. I always Mondays are <laughs> always terrible in our house. I think just r- you know, getting back into a schedule and a routine and Mondays are just hard. So yeah, it was two o'clock and I said, I I need to shower. I just need to wash my hair and all will be well. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. It's, it's the little things that you really appreciate. What other things have you been doing that have made you feel better? So I, I have found right now that I am an unlikely runner. So I've been running the past maybe year and a half. Um, I try to run two miles three times a week. So it's not a lot, but it's been my release. It's a place where I can clear my head and it's just become this place where I can worship, honestly. I feel like I can be with the Lord. I put on my music. It's where I get my clearest thoughts. And so during this whole pandemic, since my husband is home, I've actually been able to run every day, which has been mm. fabulous because I feel like it's almost become my sanity. Um, and it, honestly, it's that, and it's, it is my quiet time with the Lord. I just feel like having a personal relationship with him for it just it changes everything i just i desire i want to be with him i want to know him more i want to read his word i mean finding those quiet moments um for me it's often at night i want it to be in the morning in my head it's in the (laughs) it's in the morning but Mm. it so often doesn't happen because everyone's up so early especially my one and a half year old Mm. Um, but whenever I can steal away, you know, that at night I can usually get a half an hour. Um, I have a small business that I run. Um, it's just an Etsy shop, but it's out of my home. So, um, that can be time consuming too. That takes up my time in the evenings, but I will 
guarantee if I am not spending quiet time with the Lord, I will unravel. It is my absolute sanity. Um, And even when it comes to this parenting thing and this homeschool thing, if I am not putting him in the driver's seat, I mean, I'm going to fall apart. And he's a better parent than I am anyway. So I've just learned I'm just, I'm going to let it go. Like, Lord, they are yours. Guide me, direct mm. me. I will seek you first. Seek you first, mm. right? And all these things will be added unto me. And I'm trusting, I'm entrusting their hearts to you because you're going to, you're mm. going to do a better job. And mm. that means that, yes, I need to prioritize my time and my emotional um, health in terms of the quiet time and all of that. That's kind of reminded me that, like thinking about scripture that our children are a gift they've been given to us like we mustn't be possessive yes of them. definitely because ultimately they're god's children just as much as we are god's mm-hmm. children so um i know i love that idea that you, about you know we need to give our children to god and we need to give ourselves up to god i don't think i've been getting us outside enough just by myself and my husband actually mentioned that today like he said you should just you go for a walk should. by yourself it but, makes a world of it, a difference it's just trying to juggle when he's working when i'm working when we're doing like homeschooling and then and other things but if if it's important i think like it's just it's really important that we find the time to do these things i think that for our mental health and our well-being um, yeah, and our, our spiritual health. And we should be doing these anyway, these things anyway in our daily life. But at times like this, we we, we need God, God's presence and we need the Lord Jesus and we need to know that they are close to us and we are giving ourselves, Definitely. ourselves to them. Um, and I want you to share a bit more about your sister's class as well because <sighs> I think this is another way of supporting women and connecting women because you don't your sister's class isn't just for mothers is it it's there's grandmothers there's single women um oh it's it's, it's another mm-hmm. way of connectedness that you have carried on since we've been on lo- on lockdown as well so sh- tell tell me more about your sister's class sure so it's i have to say it's it's been beautiful i mean we have just so many incredible women in our north in north jersey i mean really all all over we have so many incredible women and i just it's, it's been this place in this really safe place where we say we're coming together to support each other, to be each other's cheerleaders. I mean, we spoke a little bit about competition. I mean, we say there's, there is no place for that in this room. Like we celebrate vulnerability. Mm. Um, we want to make it a really safe place where we are encouraging each other to walk out in our unique gifts, right? Because we're all different. And I'm going to celebrate, Helen, your differences. And I'm going to celebrate my differences. And we're going to encourage each other to just to follow the Lord. And how how are you Mm. being led? Um, What is working for you? You know, um, it's just been a lot of sharing. And so we've really... Yeah, it's been a beautiful group. Like you say, there's grandmothers. We get to benefit from their wisdom. Um, and then all the way down to, you know, unmarried sisters. And so we've built this beautiful, safe place. Um, so, yeah, we tried to continue that online, especially during this time. Um, it's The vulnerability piece is a little bit difficult because we're not face-to-face, and it's, sometimes it's hard to share. Um, mm. I think, you know, that has to be kind of a more one-on-one thing which I think is really important right now, like to make sure that you're checking in on your good friends um, to see how they're really doing. Um, 
but yeah so what the a big part of what we've been talking about too is really um understanding that we're loved i think a lot of time as women we work for love instead of from love and i think that there's Mm -hmm. just an enormous difference when we understand that we are loved and our our theme verses ephesians 3 um that we would know the the love of christ um and so that we could be full with the fullness of god and right and so that's what we've been focusing on and um we talk a lot about renewing of your mind like the verse be transformed by the renewing of your mind and what that looks like and the choices that we have and the thoughts that we have and taking them captive to Christ. And even during this time, like we talk a lot about neural pathways and all the brain science and it's fascinating right now, the plasticity of the brain and how you can actually rewire it. And I think that during this Mm. time right now, what a beautiful opportunity to rewire your brain and not... So the way they say that your brain works, it's like a big ball of cheese. <laughs> I'm just a neural pathway, so I'm going to describe it. So it's like a giant ball of cheese, and they say a neural pathway would be like putting a hot steel ball in the ball of cheese, and it will wind its way through the cheese, right? Mm-hmm. Now that creates your neural pathway. Now the more I think that type of thought, right? Let's just say it's a thought of fear, that neuropathway is going to widen and widen and widen and widen until it's a highway it's a super highway and that's my default now because that's the pathway that i've created but i can Mm. change that and so instead Mm. of feeding into the fear and the worry right that's why i think there's so much beauty in what um paul was saying by the renewing of your mind i can Mm. renew it and i can say no no i'm giving that thought over taking captive to christ and no i'm going to practice gratitude instead or i'm going to put on my courage and i'm going to have this courage 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 right but i think right now we have mm. a choice in how we're viewing this pandemic even yeah um with our own minds and rather than choosing to feed lies right we know that um, we need to rest in the truth of who god is and who jesus is and god and god is Absolutely. love jesus is love we know you know those verses about perfect love casts out fear and so we we have a choice at the moment to choose fear or to choose love um, and to act on that as well, to act in love or to act out of fear. To act out of fear is to to be greedy about the things we have in our life, to be greedy when we go to the grocery store, to be, to be selfish if we don't practice self-distancing. Uh, or we have the choice to show love to all those around us by self-distancing, by being obedient to that. Um, and we know we should be obedient to the authorities that are over us. And praying for them. I mean, praying for their wisdom. You know, like right now, I think the world is looking to us as, you know, how is, I'm going to say, quote unquote, the church, but how are we as believers, how are we handling this? Like, we should be Mm. praying diligently for our leaders and for wisdom for them, right? Like, you know, whether you agree or disagree with them, politically speaking, we need to be praying that that they're guided. Yeah, totally. Because so many, um, you know, there, so many people's lives are at stake, and um, and li- livelihoods as well. Um, and you know, we desperately need the presence of Jesus in in our lives right now. 
and for people to feel that love and to, and to not feel afraid that they have something to hold on to. And that hope will do that too. You know, we have this hope and, you know, we say that it's an anchor for our souls. And I think that, you know, people need to hold on to something right now. They can hold on to hope. And that's what our children pick up on. If, if our children pick up on our fear and they learn that fear, they learn how how those behaviours kind of act out. And in the same way, they pick up on our love and our calm. They're almost, children are almost like a dog, you know? They say dogs can, they can just sense that emotion, right? Like, they they know the undertone. And that's what I mean by that tone or that mood. Um, and sometimes we have to fake it a little bit. Like, sometimes, like, I'm, I have to say, like, when this all started, I was spiraling. I was absolutely spiraling and I can go there I absolutely can go I can go there at the drop of a hat but I have to stop that I have to put be intentional right and I have to say I'm not going to go there right and so sometimes when I'm spiraling I have to you do have to put on a brave face for your children a little bit but they yeah I agree and I know like I mean you you were an educator previously just as just as we know we've both been teachers in public schools as well and even teaching it's like putting a mirror really close to your face like every day the children mirror you mm-hmm. um um you model behavior they put it straight back and your children are even more of a mirror because uh you know like you've got you share blood and genes oh. as well so oh and and your behavior as well so um it's a constant reminder of who you are and how you're behaving definitely yeah, I would like to say uh, to mothers, like all mothers out there and all carers, all parents, please be kind to yourself. Like, please look after yourself. We have to look after ourselves. Like, I have not been going to bed very early at all because there isn't like that um, pressure to get up in the morning and like get the children out of the house to go to school. So we've you know Johnny and I've been getting into some really bad habits of just going to bed really late and then like struggling to get up in the morning and it and it, and then we're not our best selves for our children that's right but you need to give yourself the grace for that you know yeah for sure it's okay like you say and the freedom I think all of us need to feel you know his yoke is easy and his burden is light and that's mm. because they're his they're mm. his you know, he gave them to us and he'll guide. You know, we need to pray for wisdom every single day. You know, I pray, mm. I pray for each one of my children. I say, Lord, I need wisdom with how do I parent Eden? Because the way I parent Eden is going to be very different than how I parent Elijah. I need a lot mm. of wisdom there. <laughs> yeah, I totally feel that. My children are so different. They are. And, I, and that goes to the teaching them too. Like here we are, we have them in our homes and it's this wonderful opportunity to really cater to their unique learning styles too you know the way that my one child learns is it's very different than my other child and now they have this time and this one-on-one where i can i can allow them to learn differently in this space which is a nice benefit but yeah we need to ask the lord for wisdom because he he will give it to us says that he will we need to trust that is there is there anything else you'd like to add or share or like anything else you'd like to say to mothers mothers out there at the moment all, all over the world the you know the one thing i was thinking about 
is I think that one mistake that we could easily make right now is to make our homes child-centered instead of mm-hmm. God-centered. And I think mm-hmm. that having a child-centered home, and I'll explain that, I guess, in a minute, but I think that that actually does more harm than it does help. And a child-centered home means I need to orchestrate every little thing for my child. I need to meet all of their needs. I need to make sure they're not bored. I need to make sure they're getting outside enough. I need to make sure they have the right and perfect and healthy snacks. And I have to... Now, all these things are good and there's nothing wrong with them. And I do think that there's definitely... We need to, you know, healthy snacks and all of this stuff. But if they're my absolute focus, right? If it's meeting every single one of their needs and they're my driving factor i'm i'm losing the overall perspective that they're just kids and they need they need to see i think that the difference is a god-centered home and a god-centered home is where we're praying together we're working together the lord is our guide and sometimes that means you're on your own and i'm going to give you some free time right and mommy's going to be doing something for the Lord, you know? And I think, like, mm-hmm. I don't have to feel guilty about that. I don't have to feel guilty if I'm spending some time sewing masks for healthcare workers, right? Rather than feeling like I have to have the greatest, latest and the greatest activities. I got to make sure I got the slime. And then I have to make sure, at, you know, <laughs> after I've done the slime, then we're doing a big, you know, we're making a cake and I'm doing stickers. Now, all these things are great. And if, Again, if that's your personality and you love it and you enjoy it, that's fine. But that can't be our center and our focus. I just think that kids need uh, boredom. They need time to, you know, creativity comes from boredom. I mean, think of the greatest minds in the world, right? And all, all these incredible inventions and things that we have today came from people who are on walks. And that's when the idea came to them. I think that's a beauty of what's happened in our world is we've had to stop and now we have a chance to be creative and children need that they need unstructured time where they're not the center of attention totally I mean I love I love my children being bored and then them working through it and they come to me and they might say that they're bored um but then they'll push on through it and they'll go and find something to play with or something to create and I think as long as you have enough of a of just the basics of like a few creative things around you. And that can just be a cardboard box and a marker. We're talking Which simple basics. That's their favorite. Just, just let them, let them go with it. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I've been stocking up on art supplies definitely so that they can be more independent and just and go and be creative. But yeah, they've been making all sorts. And I think I've tried to just make food available to them so that they can help help themselves. But obviously not eat all the food. I just <laughs> finally, so our cups were our cups were up high and they just couldn't reach them all the time. And I was constantly getting them cups. And a friend of mine, she has her cups on the refrigerator. And so they're just reachable and they're these plastic cups. And I just finally, oh, a few months ago, and it's, yeah, it's just changing my life. We want our children to be independent while being at home. Like we don't, for being home with us all the time, like day in, day out, every hour, we don't want them to, you know, create extra neediness that is going to 
challenge us as well as it's ch- challenging them. That's um, right. And they need to participate. They need to participate yeah. in the daily task of running a household. It's And they yeah. love it. They want to feel involved. Yeah. And my son was, he was cooking the sausages tonight and cutting them up. He got the barbecue tongs out of the... <laughs> out of the garage and he was holding I love it I love it can he come to my house (laughs) he loves to help in the kitchen um and yeah and doing their own laundry and setting and clearing the table I mean all of these chores Mm. all of these things where there's no reason why they can't be participating it's a little bit more work for us sometimes but it really truly pays off in the end yeah and it's going to give them the tools they need to survive um and we are, that's what we're doing at the moment. We're surviving and that's okay. It's okay just to say, look, we're surviving. We're getting by. We, we don't need to raise the bar any higher than that because we have God to, to just hold us there in, in that place and, and get us through each day at a time. Because it is, I think it's very much living each day at a time. And, um, I, I was well. Arnie Beeler mentioned this to me when I was talking to her the other night. That um, so many people only can live one day to the next because of the amount of money they have or the amount of food they have, um, and their and job insecurity and all sorts of things. They're literally only living one day to the next, and it's a. I think it's a mass. It's very humbling to realize that. That's all we actually need to do. That's all God actually requires us to do. He doesn't want us to think any more ahead than that because he's going to provide. And there's so many verses to support that in Matthew 6, yeah. right? Take no thought for tomorrow. And the, yeah, the manna in the wilderness, they had what they needed for that day, right? Yeah, definitely. And again, that's a perspective thing for us, right? That is it's really healthy for us to think of those people well it's been really wonderful to chat to oh, you oh it's lovely we should we should do this more we often. should do this more often <laughs> and have these conversations i miss seeing you face to face yeah me too